What's up, guys, and welcome to episode two of the Bar Down Performance Podcast. This podcast is all about strength and conditioning for ice hockey, and today we're just going to be talking about in-season training. For those of you who haven't listened to episode one yet, uh, it was just an introduction of who I am, what I do, and why I can do what I do. To do a quick, quick recap so you don't have to go back and listen to the first episode, my name is Michael Durkin. I'm the owner and head strength and conditioning coach of Durkin Sports Performance located in Pittsburgh, PA. I have an exercise science degree from the Indiana University of Pennsylvania as well as my CSCS and SSC. CSCS stands for Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist and SSC stands for Specialist in Strength and Conditioning. I've been working with hockey players of all ages and skill levels from mites to pros for the last five years and counting. We are doing this podcast to help hockey players of all skill levels better themselves off the ice and let uh, and let's face it 90% of the time you're off the ice as of right now we don't sell any products we don't have any sponsorships so all of our information is unbiased and uh, based off of science so let's get right into this the in-season is by far the most confusing time of the year in the weight room for hockey players the question I always get asked the most during this time of year is what the hell am I supposed to even do most hockey players try to put on muscle mass all year long or don't do some sort of 5x5 five five program or my personal favorite, just try to max out every single time you go to the gym. Uh, so what should you be doing? Let's start by talking about the goal of the in-season in the weight room. The goal during the season is to maintain the gains that you made during the off-season. If you're practicing two to three times a week and playing one to three games, you don't have time or energy to try to better yourself in the weight room. Now, I don't mean that like it sounds. During the season, you shouldn't be worried about putting on muscle mass or worried about getting more explosive. You should be worried about maintaining your weights and keeping the gains in strength and power that you made during the off-season. The off-season is the time of the year when ice is limited. You're spending five to seven days in the weight room. This is the time to improve in all areas in your off-ice game and peak right before the season starts so you can focus on your on-ice game when it counts. The off-season is when you focus on building muscle, getting stronger, and gaining power. You know why we do that in the off-season? Because the physical demands of those goals in the weight room are much more taxing on the body than actually playing hockey. That's why if you train for certain goals during the season, you feel sluggish, tired, sore, and have a lack of motivation. Training to gain muscle mass, which is called hypertrophy or hypertrophy, spelled the same way, said two different ways, can really slow you down. It requires slow reps, low weight, and a lot of time under tension, which during the season, when you're trying to be as explosive and as powerful that you can possibly be, shift in and shift out, can really hurt your game. Training for power is very taxing on the body. It requires high weight, low reps, and long rest times. Training for power during the season will make you tired and make it hard for you to be as explosive as you as you need to be shift in and shift out. Training for power requires longer recovery times. If you're going from weight room to ice, you're going to be sluggish. If you're going from weight room one day to the uh, to practice or a game the next day and you're training for power, you're, you're going to feel sluggish. You're not going to be as motivated. You're going to be tired. While training during the season, you have to remember that the weight room is no longer the most important thing that you're doing. This is the time of year when the on-ice work is the most important thing. In the weight room, we're just maintaining. 
Workouts shouldn't last longer than 45 to 60 minutes and should focus on maintenance, recovery, and flexibility to make sure you are primed and ready to go when you need to be the most during this time of year, which is on the ice. So let's break down exactly how you should be training during the off during the in-season. Uh, the first thing we do when putting an in-season program together for our athletes is take a look at their game schedule. We look at the t- we look for the two to three biggest weekends of the season, and then mark down when playoffs and nationals are. We do this because we want our athletes to be the absolute best for those weekends. Those weeks can be bigger tournaments or must-win games, or just simply playing a rival you want to beat. It is up to you when you think these weeks are. Um, so take a look at the schedule, and that should be the first thing you do. Never pick opening weekend because of all the off-season and preseason training. You should be already flying and ready to go for those first re- get for that first weekend, regardless of who you're playing. After we get those dates, here is how we go about programming sets and reps for major exercises. Let's say in a perfect world, you have five weeks between those dates. Week one, we are working with two to three sets of eight to ten reps, followed by a week two of two to three sets of eight to of six to eight reps. These are your higher reps, lower weight to to promote blood flow and keep on muscle mass. Then we get to a week three where we shift to a strength and power emphasis. During week three, we want to see two to four sets of four to six reps. And that's followed by a week four and five of two to four sets of two to four reps. During these weeks, weight should be higher and rests and rest should be a bit longer to help promote recovery. Now, if you're lost or confused, we're going to put up a sample program on the Instagram. So no need to worry. You'll be able to take a look at this and know exactly what we're talking about. But let's say that you don't have five weeks in between these games because most of you won't. You never really do. Just pick up right where it should be if you have if you did have five weeks. So let's say you have three weeks between those weekends. Just pick up at week three. If you have two weeks, pick up at week four. And if you have four weeks, pick up at week two and so on. You just want to work down the ladder so you can peak right when you need to peak for these big games. Remember, more is not always better. The more you play during your games, the less you should be doing in the weight room. If you're a player who's getting between 20 to 30 minutes a game, you might want to stay two sets of everything. However, if you're on the opposite end of that and you're only getting two to four minutes a game or you're you're a healthy scratch or not playing, you should stick between three and four sets because your bodies will be able to take more stress. During the season, you should really only be in the weight room one to two days. No more than that unless you are on a team that only practices once a week. Now, let's talk about how to actually set up a workout that you should be doing during the in-season. Now, as I said before, I will post a sample program on the Bar Down Performance Instagram page so everyone can go out there and either use it as a reference or use it for their own training. But for now, let's talk about exercise selection and program setup in case you want to take a shot at this yourself. During the season, you shouldn't do much more than five to six exercises while in the gym, and there should never be an upper body, lower body split. Every workout should be full body because of the lack of time in the gym and the fact you are never just using half your body this time of year, 
or really any time of year. The only time of year we're okay with an upper body, lower body split is during your hypertrophy phase of the off season, which is typically your first four to six weeks. If you're, if let's say you get two workouts a week during the in season and you do the upper body, lower body split, you're really only working out your upper body once a week and your lower body once a week, even though you're getting two workouts in. During the season, when everything you do is full body, is all joints, you want to be able to work all joints during these workouts. It just makes for an easier transition on the ice. Make sure you get a solid 5-10 to 10 minute warm-up in, whether it's foam rolling or a bike ride, or I prefer a solid muscle activation warm-up involving ISO holds or some type of band walks. Whatever you choose to do, do it well. A good warm-up lessens the body's risk for non-contact injuries and allows the muscle fibers to recruit recruitment to become stronger. I know it's boring and no one likes warming up, but you truly will be better for it in the long run. Trust me. My number of non-contact injuries went down whenever I made my guys start doing a solid muscle activation warm-up during their in-season warm-up. I used to just throw them on the bike and now I give them a little bit of a uh, uh, a muscle activation workout which includes plank holds with leg lifts, um, side plank with leg lifts, some mo- uh, monster walks with bands. Simple stuff like that is it will be enough to get you guys warmed up and to lessen the risk of non-contact injuries. Now, the very first exercise you should do is a power movement. Whether it's a plyometrics like box jumps for younger and less experienced athletes or power cleans or snatches for more advanced athletes, never go above six reps for power movements, even though I gave you a different rep scheme above. The goal for power is quality repetitions, not quantity. Higher weight, lower reps, as fast as you can. So the next exercise grouping should be lower body. When you're looking at a workout, you want to program it from uh, from the exercises that require the most energy expenditure, which are your power movements, followed by lower body, followed by upper body. The lower body has bigger muscles or to require more energy expenditure. I know the upper body has more muscles in it, but it's still, their smaller muscles don't require as much energy expenditure. So when you're doing lower body, make some sort of superset with a squat or a hinge or a lunge. Basically, squatting is the most important and then you pair it with a hinge or a lunge. So for example, pair a back squat with an RDL, which is a hinge, or a front squat with a reverse lunge. You don't have any limitations when it comes to exercise selection. We just recommend staying away from machines like leg extensions or hamstring curls. Machines tend to isolate a muscle group and we're not looking to, to, we're not looking to do that. You wanna be using free weights because that simulates game movements the best. Sets and reps will stick with exactly what we talked about before in the five week periodization scheme. The third grouping in each workout will be the upper body exercises. You want you more than likely want to pair a push with a pull or a press with a pull. For example, a bench press paired with a bent over row or a military press with a dumbbell chest supported row or a lat pull down. Do remember that your chest is not all that important in hockey. So you want to focus on your back definitely more than your chest. Defensemen will use chest a little bit more than forwards. Forwards don't really use the chest all that much. Reps and sets will stick to the same scheme that I was talking about before. If you still have time after the workout and want to do more, 
Do stuff like abs and accessory stuff like arms or small conditioning. Do remember that conditioning in the weight room is not all that important because of the fact that you're conditioning every time you're on the ice. If you're on the ice uh, three to four times a week, I wouldn't even worry about the uh, gym conditioning. Now, uh, definitely focus on the core. And please make sure if you do arms, you don't forget about the triceps. A hockey shot comes from your legs, your back, your forearms, and your triceps. So please, please, please train your triceps. I see far too many hockey players neglect the tricep because first, you don't see them. When you look in the mirror, you see your biceps. And I know everybody wants nice looking biceps, but they're not the money makers in hockey. The triceps will get you such a better result. The biceps might get you the girls, but they don't get the goals. And odds are, if you're the one getting the goals, you're the one getting the girls. After the workout, foam roll, stretch, and most importantly, eat. Make sure you spend about 15 to 20 minutes on recovery so your body can rest up and be ready for your next game or practice. Now, one thing I want to add is that after your big weekend, take it, take the next week as a deload week in the gym. This is done by doing two sets of 50%, 50% weight for all exercises to promote blood flow and speed up recovery. You are not supposed to feel tired after these workouts on your deload week. You're supposed to be, be feeling refreshed. If at all possible, try not to work out during your deload week and try some sort of yoga or sports massage or something that will help stretch and relax your body. The season is the most grueling time of year on your body. You're always go. Your sleep schedule is terrible. This deload week helps you really become refreshed and focused and be able to play longer. You're you, in a given season. In a given season, most athletes are over it by about week six or seven. How long does the season last? About 24 weeks. You want to make sure your body is primed and ready to go week in and week out. So that sometimes requires a deload week to promote recovery. If you stay on this regimen, I promise you that you will be playing your best feeling your best, and having your best season yet. If you do the weight room right during the season and not worry about improving your game, you will actually improve during the off-season. I probably should have said that earlier, but it's true. When you are not loading your body with extra stress to improve for improvement training, it's able to heal, it's able to recover, and it's able to rest so you can use your body to the absolute best of their abilities during the season. In-season training should not be hard. You should not feel destroyed or like you have to crawl out of the gym after every workout. You should re feel refreshed and like you accomplished something, like something, like you did something productive. You don't have to feel shaky after a workout to benefit from it. So we're going to put up the program on the Instagram. If you don't already follow us, go follow us. Our tag is at bar down performance. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, go follow us. We are at BD performance underscore. Uh, 
we got to get more creative because I hate using underscores. But for now, that's what we're going to uh, work with. Um, but uh, we should, we will uh, put the workouts up in the next few days. Uh, they will be there to show you how to program during the season. You don't have to stick with our exercise selection, but definitely follow the sets and reps and make sure to peak at the right times for the right games. Now that we finished talking about the uh, programming for the in-season, if you have any questions about it, please either uh, DM us on Instagram or Twitter or go to our website and submit the question there. Um, we covered a lot of information in not a lot of time, so of course there will be questions and we'll be glad to answer them. Um, we're going to get into the question and answer portion of the show right now. Now, do remember, you can go submit your own questions on our website at bardownperformance.com, and also you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram. Remember, we get a lot of DMs, so uh, if we don't reply to you, don't take offense to that. Um, so most of the time, we get questions, and they require a little bit more in-depth of an answer, so we'll just take them and answer them on the show. So definitely tune in every single week to see if we answer your question. Um, if we do, we'll more than likely DM you like, hey, we just answered this on the last show. Go ahead and uh, listen to that. Um, so again, we apologize if we do not answer you directly. Um, it's not that we're neglecting you. We just don't have time to answer all the questions. So, uh, let's get started. Uh, first question is from Matthew F and we actually get this question a lot, but he was just the last one to ask it. And he goes, Hey bar down. What is the best exercise I can do for hockey? Um, a lot of people aren't going to like this answer, but there isn't one. You have to remember that hockey is a very complex sport and that so many different movements happen every time you're on the ice. It is impossible to pick one exercise that is the absolute best for hockey players. There is no magic pill. You cannot just do one exercise and get better. Now, uh, one thing that I think is neglected in most hockey players' programs is one-leg exercises. Now, again, this is not the quote-unquote best exercise for hockey players. This is just one thing that most programs are neglecting that I think can really help. Um, if you think about it, how often are you on one leg in hockey? Like, all the freaking time. Um, besides gliding and, like, tight turns and stuff, and even when you're doing a tight turn, you're on one leg more than the other. You want to make sure that each one of your legs is as powerful as the other one. So in a situation where you can't use two legs or your most dominant leg, you still come out with what you need. With, with what you need. Again, one-leg exercises are not the end-all, be-all for hockey players, but I feel like this is one thing that is neglected in most hockey players' training programs. Some exercises that I'd recommend would be Bulgarian split squats or uh, bench pistols, which is just simply sitting down on one leg and getting up on one leg, kind of like a box squat. Um, they're also called pistol squats, but I don't normally like people doing full range of motion on one leg. It could be bad for the knee. Um, other things are like one-leg plyometrics, like one-legged box hops. Now, again, one thing that I always stress is either jump off of two legs and land on one or jump off of one and land on two. This lessens the blow on the knee, lessens the stress on the ACL, MCL, and promotes a healthier knee joint. Um, it's just simple exercises like that. And uh, you'll see in the programming, we do add some stuff in there. Um, it's not 
it's not all difficult stuff. It's it's a lot more simple than you think during the in season. Um, question number two. Question number two t- comes from a Tyler L, and his question is, um, hey. I just started a CrossFit program, and ever since doing it, I've felt more tired and not as explosive as I want to be on the ice. Why is that? Alright, so, CrossFit is a sport. I would never recommend an athlete using CrossFit to get better at its sport. Um, CrossFit is a sport by itself. Basically, how it goes is CrossFit uses power exercises and um, a lot of unusual exercises for conditioning. Now, in hockey, that's not how we need to be conditioned. So, what's happening is you're using a different energy system. Power exercises come from your type 2 muscle fibers, and I could get real scientific with this, but I'm going to attempt to keep it basic so everybody can understand. So power movements come from your type 2 muscle fibers. CrossFit is training your type 2 muscle fibers for conditioning, and that's not how they're supposed to be trained for sports. Now, again, if you're training for CrossFit to become better at CrossFit, there's nothing wrong with CrossFit. CrossFit you you could tell it kicks people's asses it puts people in unreal shape but for training for sports crossfit is not the answer crossfit is a sport by itself and if you want to get better at crossfit you do crossfit if you want to get better at hockey go to a strength and conditioning specialist look at what we put out there and do those type of workouts um You need to be training the type 2 muscle fibers to be as explosive as possible, not to be conditioned. You will never use your type 2 muscle fibers in a conditioning state in hockey. Now, there's a type 1 muscle fiber, which is what we need to train for hockey, but even that we we use very little. Hockey's 30 to 40 second shifts. You're using your type 1, your type 2 muscle fibers, and and your glycolytic energy system. CrossFit is just torching all three energy systems whenever in hockey that's not how it's done so the reason you're feeling sluggish is because you're not actually training for hockey and that's just the one thing that i wish um i could get i could get across to people is that like again i have no issues with cross i have a couple issues with crossfit but as a sport if you're training for if you're training for hockey, CrossFit is not the way to go. You want to be working with somebody that specializes in hockey performance. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're not a hockey player, it's the same thing. If you're football, football performance, baseball, baseball performance. If you're if you're a CrossFit athlete, CrossFit. But if you're a if you're a sport athlete, you don't want to be using CrossFit as your method of training because it it trains the wrong energy systems. Sport specific training is training the energy systems. You'll see all hockey players, all athletes use power clean, squat, bench, deadlift. But when you're using those exercises in as many reps as possible in 10 minutes, or you have 8 minutes to get so many reps, it's training the wrong way. Athletes need strength conditioning specialists. Well, again, I don't say that right. Sport-specific athletes need sport-specific trainers. CrossFit can use CrossFit. The only, the 
I don't even know how to say this. I'm not insulting CrossFit. I don't want people to say that. There's nothing. There's there's a few things wrong with that. But um, CrossFit should not be used to train for hockey. Plain and simple. Question number three. I'm sorry if I butcher this name, but I believe it comes from Anish, and he asks, "What type of supplements should I be taking?" You're going to have to find out the answer to that question next week. Next week's uh, podcast is all going to be about supplementation for hockey. What works, what doesn't work, what you should use, what you should stay away from. A lot of good stuff planned for next week, so definitely tune in. Uh, I'm actually excited. I love talking about supplements. Uh, uh, So it should be fun. Um, so yeah, tune in next week, find out about supplements. I'm going to give you my top three to use my top three to stay away from. Uh, so that'll be next week. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at bar down performance, follow us on Twitter at BD performance underscore, go follow our webpage. You don't follow web pages, but definitely go check out our webpage. All it is, is just simply what's your questions, what your topic suggestions, please give us suggestion guys. We want, this is for you guys. This podcast is everything you guys want to learn about, and we're going to do our best to deliver you every answer you, you are looking for. So head over to the website site, submit your topics, submit your questions. Until then, guys, we will catch you next week. Have a good week. Good luck in your games this week, and we will see you next week.